time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Everybody just say, I want to talk about me. Come on, don't be like all false hum or whatever. Just everybody say real boldly here, unashamedly. I want to talk about me. Okay, that's great because we are. We're going to continue talking about me. Going to continue talking about you this week. Last Sunday, you guys that were here, we started just a two-week, just mini-series where I said, gosh, we, are, we need to just talk about me, myself, and I. We just kind of need to talk about what God has to say about us specifically in the Word of God. So last week, if you guys were here, um, and just kind of remember, I talked about having an identity crisis and some signs to kind of look out for. And some of you kind of responded to that, to that and said, gosh, I really don't know who I am. I have a lack of purpose or, gosh, uh, I, I'm extremely indecisive. I'm always just kind of going with the crowd and no real backbone sometimes. I want to remind you of our big thought from last Sunday. Who you believe yourself to be will determine what you do and what you say. Who you believe yourself to be. In other words, you are the way that you are. You act the way that you act. You say the things that you say. It's because deep down inside, in your heart of hearts, if you're real honest, that's who you believe yourself to be. Okay, so everybody get that you believe you act basically according to your belief system. And if you're not filling yourself with the word of God, if you're not going to God saying, gosh, Lord, tell me who I am. Lord, speak to me. Show me who I am. Then many times you can start believing lies that the enemy, your enemy, Satan, different friends who the enemy will use. Even family members will begin to speak lies over you. But we want to believe, we want to know who we are in Jesus Christ. One of the scriptures we talked about was 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It just basically says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? For you were bought at a high price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. I want you to ponder this question one more time. We started last week and we just kind of talked about it. But just think about it again. What comes to mind whenever I ask you the question, who are you? Everybody say, who am I? Come on, a little bit louder. Who am I? Cool. Did everybody have a good week this week? Is anybody, anybody go to bed like past midnight last night? Past one o'clock? You were up after 1 a.m. last night. Shame on you. You were up after 1.30 a.m. 1.30 and your Facebook proves it. 1.30, 2 a.m. last night. Who was up at 2 a.m.? That explains. A lot of people in this section over here, 2.30. Oh, my gosh. 2.45. I see hands going down. 2.45, 2.55, 3 o'clock. Unbelievable. 3.15, 3.15, 3.30. Thank you, Daniel. You had good sense and went to bed at 3 30. 3 45. 3 45. 3 50. 4 o'clock. 4 30. Oh, we lost. I fold. 4 30. 
Honestly, 445, if you're lying, you're going to have diarrhea for the rest of the day. 445, I just speak that over you. 445, 5 o'clock, 515, 530. That's not true. I don't believe you. You are seriously up at 5, 6 o'clock. You're still up at 6 a.m. this morning. We have one, two, three, 630. That's correct. 7 a.m. You're still up. Who didn't go to bed at all last night? You didn't go to bed at all last night, Chris? You didn't go to bed at all last night? No, I just had three monsters this morning to keep myself awake. Oh my gosh. Okay. And and what about what? What were you doing? What What are you on? What? Somebody kept punching you in the face. Your dog kept licking in your place. What? <laughs> your dog kept licking you in the face. Oh boy, that's really something. Um, okay, so anybody else sleep with dogs? Amazing. Amazing. Okay, whatever. That has absolutely nothing to do with the message this morning. Or maybe it does. If you think like, who am I? I'm the person that stays up all night and I don't ever go to sleep. And my dogs just lick me in the face all night. Um, so we're talking about who are you, your identity, who you, who you are. What, what comes to mind whenever I pose the question, who are you? And so that was a big question for last week. And we want to kind of continue to think about that. But this morning... Um, we're going to start a business, okay? I want somebody from this side to tell me, what kind of business are we going to start? What kind of business are we going to open? I'll tell you about three suggestions, then we can vote. Okay. An ice cream shop. An ice cream shop. Airport. An airport. An airport. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I, doctor, airport. I don't know, you're going back and forth. Right here. A gummy bear factory. A gummy bear factory. Oh, I was going to say candy factory. Lemonade stand. Okay, so ice cream shop, lemonade stand, or a gummy bear, you guys vote. Which one? Gummy Okay, looks like it's out of ice cream or gummy bears. If you want to open up a gummy bear shop, make some noise. Okay, if you want to open up an ice cream shop, make some noise. Okay, gummy bear shop wins. Okay, so here we go. We're opening up a gummy bear shop. A gummy bear shop. Okay, and this side, I need like two or three suggestions as to what the name of our gummy bear shop is going to be. Here we go. Gummy bears. That's creative. Yummy gummy bears. I like it. Squishy, wishy gummy bears. Any other suggestions? Let's not. Ooh, that's really good. Yummy gummies in my tummy. So we have yummy gummies in my tummy or... Yeah. Okay, so we have two options for our gummy bear shop. Yummy gummy bears, okay, or yummy gummy in my tummy. Okay, so yummy gummy bears, if you like that name, make some noise right now. Okay, what about yummy gummy in my tummy incorporated? Okay, it was just better. Okay, so cool. So we are opening up a gummy bear shop. The name of the shop is, everybody say it. Let's put it away. Yummy gummies in my tummy. Okay? You can play with your phones. Your phony wony is going to be in the trashy yon. I don't know. But let's put up our cell phones unless you have scripture on there. You're taking notes. All right, little angels. 
Yes? Yes? Thank you very much. Okay. So, yummy gummies in my tummy. Everybody say the name real quick. One, two, three. Very good. All right. So we're opening up a gummy bear shop. The name of it is Yummy Gummies in My Tummy. This is really good. I feel like this would be a successful. Okay. Where are we going to put our business? Okay. And the choices are we can put, it would be somewhere in Colorado Springs. Okay. Or Monument or the surrounding areas. I don't really know what those are, so I'll trust that you will. Um, so let's go, like if we're talking about in the mall or if we're talking about like a particular shopping center area, something like that. So here we go. We went over there for the last suggestion. Let's go over here. Uh, right here. Where should we put it? Where Mr. Biggs is leaving. Where Mr. Biggs is leaving. Does anybody know where that is? Mr. Biggs is or was? Okay. All right. Cool. Here we go. In the Air Force Academy or the mall? Did you say that? Well, we're just starting off with one. We're not going to open up our franchise yet. We're just starting off with yummy gummies in my tummy. So if we had one choice, where would you put it? In the mall. Which mall? Are there multiple malls here? Aren't there two? I don't know. Okay, Citadel Mall or Chapel Hills Mall? Okay, why did I know that? That's a given. All right, so in the Chapel Hills Mall, where in the Chapel Hills Mall? Food court is obvious, right? Next to what store? Next to Chick-fil-A. Do people eat gummy bears right after they eat Chick-fil-A, you feel like? So like after we finish Chick-fil-A, what's the, what, what do you feel like? Like gummy bears right after that? Yeah? They're like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but Janet. Okay, so here we go. We're opening up a gummy bear shop. The name of it is... Very good. And it is located in which mall? Which floor? Next to which store? Great. Yummy gummies in my tummies. Now, how much are we going to charge for, uh, how do you sell gummy bears? By the pound? I don't know. Okay, so here we go. We have one more decision left to make. How much are we going to sell the bags of our yummy gummy deliciousness for? Like one bag should be how many, how much? $2. 50 cents. That's a huge disparity. We're going to make no money. $1. $1 because dollars are convenient, you feel like? She pulled out her dollar to make her point. Okay. So $1. Huh? One ninety nine because that makes it seem a little bit cheaper than $2, right? Okay. So if you want it to be $1. Or two dollars. Those are our choices. We'll go over here to decide. One dollar or two dollar. Shout out at me. Two dollars. Y'all just greedy. Don't y'all know we in a recession? Anybody don't pay no two dollars. I ain't paying two dollars for your yummy gummies. Whatever. Okay, so we'll do two dollars a bag for yummy gummies. Would your parents buy you gummy yummies for two dollars a bag? I feel like we're like ripping people off like candy at the movie theater. <laughs> We have unique flavors, so we've got a corner on the market. Okay, so people are going to pay $2 for our yummy, gummy deliciousness, right? Okay, cool. All right, so, so here's, here's a question I want you guys to think about. Of all the steps in our little business that we're going to start, okay? All the questions that I, asked, that I asked you, I want you guys to shout at me. 
Which one is the most important? It's just students. No DLA students. If you're taking business class, just close your mouth. All right. Which, stu- which question is the single most important in opening up our yummy, gummy, yummy, what is it? Yummy, gummy, get in my tummy, whatever. Okay, right here. The price, the name, the name. What the shop is, like what type of shop? What we're selling, product. Where is it? The location. Identity. Jesus. Location. <laughs> location. 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 About three of you guys got it. Somebody over here said it first, I think, where it's going to be. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, where it's going to be. And then somebody else said, yeah, location. And then we had location. The three most important questions in starting any business, so you'll learn this as you take economics or just whatever. Three most important questions in starting a business is location, location, location. Where it's situated, where you start the business at, it can have the best name in the world, okay? If we take yummy gummy for my tummies and stick it in the middle of a desert with no one else around, it doesn't matter how cool the name is, how awesome our prices is, if we take it down to 25 cents a bag, we're still not going to be successful. Why? Ain't nobody driving through the desert looking for some yummy gummies in my tummy. They're looking for some water in their stomach. Okay, right. And so, so location, you guys, is everything. Whether we have the best name, no matter what the product is, it's all about location. Everybody say location, location, location. Here we go. One, two, three. This is great. Location, location, location. Very good. So they always tell you, Location is everything. So today, as we continue to talk about you, as we continue to talk about me, myself, and I, I want to teach you an important tool that will help you to be successful in every area of your life, especially your walk with Jesus. Everybody bow your heads. Father, we just thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that is in this place. And I thank you that we will learn to reverence your presence I thank you, God, that as you speak to us this morning, we'll open up our hearts, we'll be respectful, we'll be honorable, and we will listen to what Jesus has to say to us. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. So by this point in the message, this point in the morning, as you've concluded your dialogue with your BFF, maybe sitting next to you or telling jokes about maybe like your, I don't know, your... I don't know how late you were up last night. So at this point, I want all of you to just focus your attention. Give me the next 15, 20 minutes. I promise I won't even be long this morning. Because I have one big thought I want to leave you with this morning as you go home. And we're taking a break for about three weeks. It breaks my heart. It's so sad. We're going to be in Trinidad and Tobago, though, preaching the gospel. Okay? And then Easter is like the first Sunday in April. So that's why we're off for the next Three Sunday mornings. Next Sunday, we're in Trinidad and Tobago. The following Sunday, we get back like Sunday morning around 10 o'clock. And that'd be kind of crazy for us to try to do a service. And then the following Sunday, we all just need to be with our families in the main service. I think there's four different services for Easter, right? So next three Sundays, we're on spring break. But this Wednesday, we are going to be meeting. So make sure and be here this Wednesday night for Cadres. So again, by this point, you should have concluded all your all your dialogue, and let's just kind of focus in. Let's kind of lean in and listen to what Jesus has to say to us this morning. Is that good?
Everybody agree to that? Come on, you can clap. Thank you for clapping, Sam. Sweet. Awesome. That's called grace and mercy. So if you have your Bible, starting in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to read a few scriptures here. Genesis chapter 3. And I want to start at verse 9. If you don't have your Bibles, just kind of look up at the screen. Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to start with verse 9. It says, everybody there? Everybody there? Almost? Sweet. Genesis 3, verse 9. It says, then the Lord God called to the man. And everybody say the next three words. Where are you? Verse 10 says, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So, everybody say the next two words. I hid. Or on the screen there, various translations. I was afraid. I don't know. Whatever. Let's all say I hid. So here we go. Uh, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Everybody say naked. It's okay. It's in the Bible, you guys. Just scripture. So Adam, Adam and Eve, <laughs> we're all in seventh and eighth grade, right? Okay. So Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, walking through the garden, right? They chilling and hanging out. And what happens next? What was the, what was the thing? Everybody know the story there. What was the thing? What happened to cause them to know that they were naked? Over here on the end, my boy. The serpent came and deceived Eve, and she ate the, well, it's a fruit, but that's acceptable. It's a fruit, right? So some fruit that she ate, right? Okay, and so then what happens next after, after Eve eats the fruit? What happened kind of next chronologically? Here we go, real loud. It went dark, like somebody turned off the lights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, spiritually, the darkness, I can see, I would agree. But what, what else, what was the next big event maybe that, that happened? Um, Tyler, in the mic. Take the mic, Tyler. She tempted Adam. Let's have the prophecy mic unmute it, guys. If Adam the fruit and he ate it. Right. So she kind of convinced Adam to eat the fruit as well. And then what happened? They first, then they realized they were naked. Then they realized they were naked. And then what happened? Didn't they hide? And they hid. And then what happened? They made clothes out of fig leaves. Come on, somebody. They made a little, I don't know, a little coconut bra for, uh, <laughs> for Eve. <laughs> and a little grass skirt for Adam and Eve. I don't know. And then what happened? God said, where are you? And then God said, where are you? Are you? He asked them one of the most important questions, you guys. Where are you? And let me ask you this. Why do you think that God, who is all-knowing, would pose a question? Shout it at me. To see what? 
to see what they would say. Let me ask you this. Is it good job? And let me ask you this. Was it because he did not know where they were? No, of course not. Right. Because he's all knowing. Yeah. So he asked them a question. Where are you? One of the most important questions. It's important to remember, you guys, whenever God asks us a question, He's trying to teach us something. He's trying to get us to think. He's trying to draw something out of us. It's never because there's a lack of knowledge on his part. Okay? Hey, leaders, I need you to come and sit. These guys are having a hard time here. So I want you to come and just sit between them and love on them. Because, yep, sit right in between them, Caleb. Y'all give Caleb King a hand. No, Caleb, I want you to sit in between them. Just bless them. That way, if they feel the need to talk, they can just talk to you. That's awesome. You can sit down, Chris. You're good. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay, so here we go. He asked them this question, not because he did not know, but because he was trying to draw something out of Adam. He kind of drew Adam. The thing to remember, you guys, is that God created us for fellowship. Amen? Amen. He created you to have relationship with you, to talk to you, to communicate with you, and you to communicate back to him. And so the Bible says in Genesis that in the cool of the evening, whenever it was nice and cool, Adam would just kind of walk around with God. How amazing is that? You know, sometimes we read scriptures and we just, can you imagine just kind of walking out in like Kauai, like Hawaii somewhere, like paradise itself, beautiful lush trees and all these things and just kind of hanging out with God saying, Hey God, what's on your mind today? Let me tell you, God, you know, I have some questions. Where did I come from? God, I have an even better question. Where did you come from? Hey, how did you, what did it look like on the day of creation? Like whenever you just said, let there be, I mean, can you describe it to me? Matter of fact, can you take me back to that place? Cause you can do anything you want to and just kind of show me. Can you imagine having this tight, close knit relationship with the God of the universe, walking and talking with him face to face saying, Hey, let's just hang out. God was so pleased. He was so satisfied in that relationship with Adam. So then the serpent comes along. This man here told us the serpent came, deceived Eve. And you guys told us the rest of the story. They sinned. They made hula skirts and coconut bras. And then they realized they were naked and they were ashamed. And they hid, as Sam told us. And then God comes up back on the scene because he's missing his friend. Because he's missing his friend who he hangs out with every evening. And he says, Adam, where are you? We had a date, bro. This is what we do. You know what I'm saying? We, I'm looking for you. My heart, I mean, I want to talk to you. Adam, where are you? And the Bible says that Adam responded in verse 10. Verse 10. What did he say again? Let's throw that up on the screen. Genesis 3, 10. He says, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Basically saying, I'm ashamed. I've done something wrong. I know that I have broken your commands. And isn't it true with us, the moment that we realize sometimes that we've sinned or we've messed up or we've rebelled, one of the first things we do by nature is just try to hide. We don't want to get caught. Anybody ever told a lie before to avoid getting caught? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Everything wants because it's our natural. Like we don't want people to expose us whenever we're doing wrong. And so Adam felt the same way with God. He's like, man, I screwed up. I sinned. I messed up, you know. So I just need to hide. You know, it'll all just kind of, this will all blow over, hopefully. But we have a God, you guys, 
who loves us too much to just allow things to just kind of blow over in our lives. But he confronts us face to face right where we are in a loving and a gracious way. But still he comes to you right face to face and says, okay, where are you? Like what's going on with you? Where I, there's, a lack of, there's a lack of closeness between me. Like I'm your best friend. I mean, you hadn't called me yet. Come on, what's going on? And so this is the dynamic that God and Adam are facing right here, right now in this moment. I want to tell you to remember right now the single most important factor in being successful and being the Christ-honoring young man or young woman that God is calling you to be is knowing your location, location, location. That tool I referred to earlier is the ability to determine and more importantly, admit where you are spiritually. If I were to ask you, hey, where are you? And you tell me, I'm in the building. <laughs> I mean, I guess it'd be funny the first time. But like if the second and third person, if I said, hey, where are you? And it's like, oh, I'm in Colorado Springs. I'm sitting in a chair. <laughs> like, but if God were to ask you this question, it takes on a little bit different of a meaning. It's like God coming right to you face to face and saying, hey, 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 where are you? I mean, really, where are you in this relationship that we, that we are sharing? Where are you? Have you kind of strayed away? Have you kind of just kind of walked away? I mean, where are you? Where are you? One of the most important questions you can ask yourself, even right now, right here this morning, you guys, is, hey, where are you? It's a question that, that has the power either to haunt us or to heal us. It's a tough question. This question has the power to either haunt you or to heal you. It's up to you, you guys. In the book of Deuteronomy, the Old Testament, God is speaking through his prophet and he says, Hey, everybody, I need you to choose this day. I set before you blessing and curses. I set before you life and I set before you death. Therefore, choose life so that you and your children may live. But the choice is yours to decide, to make a choice. And so I'm asking you again this morning, where are you based on the choices that you're making on an everyday basis? Choices at home to be rebellious, to kind of do your own thing, even choices at school. Choices, you know, when, whatever your extracurricular activities are, choices at night, choices whenever you're alone, choices whenever you're with your friends, hanging out. What kind of choices are you making? And based on those choices, I want you to think about this morning, where are you? Again, this question is not meant to haunt you. It's meant to heal you. Because I believe he's my healer. There are many areas where we can need healing from you guys. It's not just like, oh, I broke my toe and I need God to heal me. Sometimes it can be just things going on in your heart or just even the way that you see yourself. And it's like, man, God, heal me. Like, God, just fix me. I don't know why I act the way I act sometimes. I don't know why I do the things I do. God, heal me. God, fix me. But you receive that whenever you begin to ponder and answer this question quite honestly. Where are you? Where are you? The really cool thing is that whenever Adam responded, his response was truthful and he made himself kind of open to God. He just said, you know what, God, whenever God asked Adam, where are you? He didn't lie 
and try to say, God, I don't, uh, I don't really know where I am, God. I'm just kind of hanging out. I mean, what, what's going on, God? What do you mean, where am I? I'm right here. <laughs> no. He looks at God and he says, you know what? I hid. I, I ran. I, uh, I don't know. I, in, all, in all seriousness, I, I'm ashamed of myself because I'm naked. And what that symbolizes for us is the shame that the enemy tries to throw on you whenever you sin or you mess up or you slip up. But the crucial key, you guys, is to answer this question. Answer it honestly. Answer it openly. And see how God responds to you. Because this is the cool thing. This is so beautiful. What does God do? God issues consequences. Because it's who God is. And God is gracious and God is merciful. But sometimes there are consequences to the things, the decisions that we make. So Genesis 3, 21, it says, And the Lord made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. After he issues the consequences, we go to 21. And it says, The Lord made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. 23 says, so the Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. But here's the main focus, you guys. Whenever Adam says, I'm ashamed, I hid because I'm naked. What does God do? He covers them up. We serve a God, you guys, who is not out to get you. He doesn't have the finger of heaven pointing at you saying, I am waiting for you to slip up and mess up. I can't wait to send diarrhea your way. Okay, or whatever, you know. No, he says, you see what I'm saying? I love you so much. I just need you to be honest about where you are so that I can come and cover you. They had no idea how to make clothes. They didn't have to do these things before. They were used to just kind of hanging out in the garden. But God says, you know what? I know so much more than you. I'm further along in this journey than you. Let me show you what you need to do. And, and so he goes, the Bible says, and he took some kind of animal's clothing, which by all practical purposes, most would agree it was probably a lamb, kind of like signifying the lamb of God that was going to be slain for sins years and years later. More than likely, he grabbed a sheep, a lamb, young lamb, pulled the skin off, and then just covered them. The big thought here, the big point here, you guys, is God is always looking to cover you. God is always looking to cover his children. He is not out to embarrass you. He is not not out to judge you. He is not out to try to get you. He wants to cover you because that's what a father does. He covers his children. Does that make sense? And so he says this out of me, issues the consequences because scripture says, "They, they who I love, I chastise. I, you know, there has to be some kind of punishment here. I deal with you accordingly, but I'm still gracious and merciful. You see, for them, it was out with the grass skirts and the coconut bras into a leather coat and a mink set of pants. Okay, or whatever, figuratively speaking here. For us, it's out with the guilt and the shame of our mistakes and our failures and in with the robe of holiness and righteousness Garments of salvation, he says, he places on you, my friend. So no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, if you'll answer this question honestly, and some of us, you guys, need to answer this question just about every day. It's called having a quiet time. 
That's how you answer the question every day. Remember we talked about this, our time with Jesus, a consistency. That's what we're doing. We're going to Jesus and we're answering this question. Where am I? God, I am in you and you are in me. I am serving you. I can't feel you a whole lot today, Jesus. But where am I? I'm right here with you and you're right here with me. And I love you and I worship you. Can I get an amen? Amen. We answer this question every day or we should. Again, this question can haunt you. Or this question can bring some healing to your heart. Isaiah 61.10 says, He puts on us a robe of righteousness, garments of salvation. As the band goes to take the stage, I have one more kind of closing thought. I told you guys I wouldn't be a whole lot of time today. What I want you guys to think about, and we can kind of put the scripture on the screen, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. As we think about Adam And this vital question, and as we think about this series, me, myself, and I, just kind of think for a moment. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond and just kind of even reflect, you know, where am I? Go from posing the question to having the question asked of you. Where am I? As a matter of fact, Sometimes God will even use us to post questions to ourselves. Can I tell you how many times I've asked myself, Brandon, where are you? Brandon, what are you doing? And it's really just God speaking through me to me. He can do that, you guys. Hey, where am I? Hey, where are you? So real quietly in this place, as the Holy Spirit is here, simply more of Jesus, I believe that he's whispering in everybody's ear, really intentionally, really personally today. That's why it's so important you're not just kind of hanging out with your neighbor. God is speaking to you this morning. And how dishonorable of us to say, oh God, hold on. Let me finish telling my joke. Let me finish making my comment. This is the God of the universe we're talking about here. We want to reverence him. We want to honor him because we want to hear his voice even more. I can't speak for you, you guys. But I know if I can get at least three, four, five of you to want to hear God's voice as bad or, as, or even more than me as a youth pastor, gosh, revival will be unstoppable. But it takes a longing. It takes a sincere and an authentic interest in the things of God to say, you know what, God? I want to hear your voice. I need you to speak to me right here, right now, in this season of my life. I'm not interested in doing cruise control with my life. I'm interested in hearing what you have to say to me. Speak to me. I'll answer the question, where am I? I'll answer the question today. Revelations 3.10, or 3.19, I correct and I discipline everyone that I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Isn't that an interesting scripture? I correct and I discipline everyone I love. Many times we separate the two. We say, well, God is loving and he can't like correct me and discipline me. And, you know, God forbid, you know, Pastor Brandon tells me anything. I mean, who does he think he is? But he says, I correct and I discipline everyone I love. It's a mark of love whenever God will sit you down sometimes, you guys, 
and say, hey, where are you? Hey, let me just talk to you about some areas of your own lives. Where are you? Third time I'm saying this being intentionally redundant. It has the power to haunt you. So you can leave this place haunted, and that's your decision. God, I hope not. I I pray not. There's grace. There's mercy. You don't have to leave here heavy today. It can leave here healed, but it's your decision. Deuteronomy, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. This question, where are you, can heal you if you'll answer it honestly and allow Jesus to do a work in your heart in the process. It's a natural result if you're just kind of honest with yourself. One more time, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent. Turn from your indifference, your lack of not really caring, your apathy, your just kind of go through the motions-ishness. Turn from that. Because there is a passion that God is interested in putting in your heart that will set you on a course for heaven, but all sorts of amazing things on on this earth, in this life, along the way. Does this make sense to you guys? Where are you? In a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to stand to their feet. And I know that it's the natural point where we say, okay, gosh, it's over, and we can just kind of start talking. I'm going to ask you real boldly, as you're standing, not to say a word to the person next to you. Because I really believe this is a holy moment. It's a, I think it's a God moment. I think, I think God's going to have some burning bush moments with some of you who will answer this question openly and honestly. And you'll leave here better than how you came. You'll leave here encouraged knowing that God is with you. God is for you. God is in you. God is with you. God wants to use you. And you can leave here saying, amen, I'm all in. I am all in. This point, I want you to stand to your feet. You guys are so amazing. Whenever you get ready to leave today, whenever we dismiss in about 10 minutes or so, when we dismiss in about 10 minutes or so, as you're walking out of the exit doors, because I don't want any to get lost in the shuffle, we kind of went out of the way. Some of the members of the tribe and, and DLA had them type this up for you print it out, cut it, because I wanted to place something in your hand, even over the next three weeks that you can just kind of have in your hearts and, and just kind of in your prayer time, prayerfully, you're spending time with Jesus. But it's basically, it, it says, DSM Junior High, who I am in Christ. And this is what it says, John 1, 12, I am God's child. John 15, 15, as a disciple, I'm a friend of Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1, I have been justified. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, I'm united with the Lord and I am one with him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, I have been bought with a price, therefore I belong to God. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, I'm a member of Christ's body. Ephesians 1, 3 through 8, I've been adopted by God. I'm adopted as his child. Colossians 1, 13, I've been redeemed and I'm forgiven of all of my sins. Colossians 2, 9, I am complete, lacking nothing full in Christ. And you can add in your own stuff. I don't have to impress you. I don't have to impress you. I don't have to try to be something I'm not. Colossians 1 and 20, I am complete in Christ. I can be me, baby. Oh, you got to eat a little bit of, mm, as a Christ follower. 
Hebrews 4.14, I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. That means you don't have to walk in shame. You don't have to walk in guilt. You don't have to walk in confusion and worry and doubt and fear. According to God's word, you can go boldly to God's throne of grace and obtain mercy whenever you need it. Ecclesiastes says there are new mercies for you every single morning. Romans 8, 1, I am free from condemnation. I am secure. Romans 8, 28, I am assured that God works for my good in all circumstances, even when I do not feel it. Romans 8, 31, I am free from any condemnation brought against me, and I cannot be separated from the love of God, no matter what the lies of the enemy tell you in your heads, guys. 2 Corinthians 1, 21, I've been established anointed. I am sealed by God. Come on, Philippians 1, 6, I'm confident that God will complete the good work that he has started in me. 2 Timothy 1, 7, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and I have a sound mind. So no matter what medications you are on, and some of you are on them, and that is okay, but my prayer for you is that at some point, even in your teenage years, God will do such a work in your life, supernatural power to stabilize your mental ability to concentrate so you can come off of all those different medicines and say, my mind is sound in Jesus Christ, and he has done a work in my life. Come on, you guys. James 15, 5, I'm a branch of Jesus Christ. A channel of his life. John 15, 16, I've been chosen. I am anointed to bear fruit. I'm going to win many people to Jesus Christ throughout my lifetime. I don't know about you. Ephesians 2, 6, I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. So depression cannot touch me. I am seated above depression. I may have a bad day, but I am not walking in depression. I am seated in heavenly places far above all of that crap. Come on, somebody. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do them. Ephesians 3.12, I may approach God with freedom and confidence. Ephesians 2.10, I am God's workmanship. There's nothing wrong with my physical appearance or body. God intentionally created me just the way I am. Can I get an amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17, I am a minister of reconciliation. 1 Corinthians 3.16, I am God's temple. He lives here. He lives in me. So these are just, there's so many more in the word of God. Philippians 3.20, I am a citizen of heaven. So it doesn't matter what my family looks like or it's so easy to try to compare yourself to other people, even here at church. All you need to do is compare yourself to Jesus Christ, the risen one. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. I feel the Holy Spirit so strong in here today. Jesus, I thank you for your sons and for your daughters. I pray that you would do the work that you desire to do in their hearts, in their heads, in their minds. God, I thank you that you don't work because of us. You work many times in spite of our foolishness, in spite of of what we do because of your great grace towards us. I ask you for anointing upon every student in this place today. I ask that you would meet us here right now, right here, God. And I pray that every student would honestly answer this question, where are you? Where am I? Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. If you can honestly say, gosh, I need to answer that question this morning. And 
and it's a little bit challenging for me. Love to just answer it, but it's a little bit of a challenge for me. Maybe there's some shame. Maybe there's some guilt. Maybe there's some confusion. Doesn't matter what it is. I want you to lift up your hands real high. Real quick, because we just have a couple minutes. I want DLA prayer leaders to move very quickly. Come across the front very quickly, DLA. Move. Those of you with your hands up, I want you to come down. I want you to step out here because we want to agree with you and speak some promises of God over you. A couple from the back. Ronnie, if you will grab a few of these handouts. I believe that God is here. He's about to do something really powerful. Grab some of these. I want every DLA prayer counselor, I want you to grab one of these and just speak several of these promises over those who come to pray with you this morning. So once again, so move very, very quickly. There's a stack of them. Brooke Ann has them. Give them to all the prayer counselors. Then we're going to hand them out to students as they're walking out the door. Okay? God's word works, you guys. So one more time, if your hand was lifted, I want you to step out from where you are and allow us to agree with you and speak these promises. If you said, guys, I'm having some problems, make sure you just find anybody up here and we'll pray with you very quickly, answering that question, where are you? But I want to be open and I want to be honest about where I am because I want to leave here not haunted. I want to leave here healed. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.